Broadcasting live from the KVXL studios at Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. The Frittle Show with Crystal Heath. I've said that we must be cautious in claiming God is on our side. I think the real question we must answer is, are we on his side? Faith, family, freedom. For me, it's very simple. I think we've got to, we've got to get the country back on the right track with the most inspiring agenda. A voice in the desert. Now, here's Crystal Heath. All right, what's up, Las Vegas? I'm Crystal Heath. You're listening to The Friddle Show on 101.1 FM, Experience Liberty Radio from Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. Our address, 6501 West Lake Mead Boulevard. If you'd like to join us for services on Sunday morning, we have those at 930 and 11.15, 6 p.m. Sunday evening. So today's show, uh, it's going to be a little bit shorter than usual as far as uh, my talking portion goes, just because I've had some things going on uh, in life that have not allowed me to prep uh, for today's program to the degree that I would normally do or that I would like to do. Uh, so it'll be, it'll be a little bit shorter one today. Um, a little more music for those of you that are listening to the live broadcast here on 101.1 FM. Uh, again, just because I got some some things going on that have kept me uh, out of the office more than expected. And I should uh, next week, next week, guys, um, I'm going to be out of town. I'm going to be up in Carson City for a few days, and then uh, have a have have some other activities going on. So I'm not sure what's going to happen with next week's uh, program. We may. Uh, just air an alternate uh, program for you during this hour next week. Uh, definitely on Monday and Tuesday, but may end up being uh, Monday, Tuesday. Uh, may end up being through Thursday. We'll just have to have to see what happens there. I'll try to pop in if I can, but there's just a lot, a uh, lot going on for me uh, outside of the world of radio next week. So. We'll see. I, I don't know if we're going to get a podcast next week, so enjoy this one while you can, because you may have to wait a whole week for another one. <laughs> All right. Oh, my. Okay. Um, where to begin? I don't, <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, some of the stuff. But you know that there is not a lot happening in the news when people start finding things that you're like why are we even talking about this and then you realize oh it's because they don't have anything else actually to talk about and uh, I'm, I'm not going to get into what narratives I think are being pushed for whatever reason we'll leave those go but there is there is a lot of actual news in my opinion this week so we're just going to focus on that as much as uh, as much as we get in here we will again It'll be, it'll be shorter today. Some of you are probably cheering. It's not very nice, but I understand. Uh, tennis legend and LGBT activist Martina Navratilova. I can't ever say her name. You know who she is. She's a really good women's tennis player. She's like right behind... Uh, who's the other really good tennis player? This shows you how much I know about tennis. Serena? Is it Serena Williams? I think so she's like Serena's like number one. This lady's like number two. She is phenomenal tennis player. All right, so she, uh, or as the Blaze calls her, tennis legend. Uh, she's also an LGBT activist, and she says that allowing trans female athletes to compete in tennis as women is quote insane and cheating. Now this is from the the former Wimbledon champion doubles, uh, or champion, not doubles, just Wimbledon champion is saying this. Okay, now. What's ironic about this is that she is an LGBT activist, but she's also an athlete. 
And what she's saying is that as an athlete, it doesn't make sense. She penned an op-ed at the beginning of this week uh, saying that it was insane and cheating to allow a man to switch genders in order to, quote, win everything in sight. She had tweeted about this last year. She said, quote, you can't just proclaim yourself female and be able to compete against women. There must be some standards and having... uh, uh, being born with male parts and competing as a woman would not fit that standard. And she's right. It's just, it's it's so um, interesting to see that this woman uh, who, ha- who has come out in the 80s, in the 80s, as one of the first uh, athletes ever to come out as bisexual and then subsequently decide she was a lesbian, Long been a champion, if you will, of LGBT rights, okay? Not someone that we would agree with on many things of of a moral nature because the things that she says are generally uh, not in keeping with what the Bible would say. And for most of you that listen, uh, you attend Liberty here or you are of a Christian conservative background. So not someone that would be championing the same causes that we would be. Someone who, in fact, would be very much opposite of what we would feel on many things. (laughs) Who has been hailed and lauded and applauded for literally decades as being one of the most progressive uh, LGBT activists and athletes in the world. And now this woman, who, who has, again, for decades been championed as, look, our, our spokesperson, our hero. And I'm telling you, the woman is fantastic at tennis. When it comes to tennis, she's, there's no one better. Well, except, you know, Serena. But you get the point. But now, now when her opinion contradicts the latest in leftist illogic, they would have her silenced. I mean, this woman is just being blasted by the media, by leftists, by the LGBT community, because she's saying that if you have someone who is born a man, say that they are a woman so that they can compete in women's sports, they're going to win. And what she's trying to explain is that that's not being sexist. It's just acknowledging a biological reality that men and women are different. I mean, you really, you have to go back to to the very core of this issue. And that is that men are men and women are women. They're, they're equal but different. And that's a good thing. All right. If, if the whole world were men, boy, no pun intended. And if the whole world were women, huh, imagine the drama. Like, that's not the way that God intended it to be. God made male and female. That's it. Those are the only two options. You're either <laughs> you're either a boy or you're a girl. Uh, end of the story. I understand there's some stuff that's oh, and you're like, what? Are, wait, what? Okay, just let me. Okay, um, like once upon a time, my family we raised goats, and we did have a goat that was like uh, messed up, <laughs> in that it was it it had it had. Uh, it had both physical and mental uh, issues, and we didn't find out until it was 
a little bit older that uh, it was born with like half male and half female parts and it didn't end up living very long because it was wasn't the way it's supposed to be is I'm and I'm not saying that oh my goodness now people are gonna freak out and be like what are you saying we should do to I'm not saying anything I'm uh, I was trying to acknowledge that yes I understand scientifically there's been those extremely rare cases where someone has different parts if you will okay so I, I wanted to make acknowledgement for that because some people will 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 be upset that I did not but as a as the vast 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 majority general rule you have men and you have women and that's you're you're born with one or the other as one or the other and that's what you are and your dna no matter what you do to your physical body throughout your life your dna will always say that you were either a man or a woman and if you have the dna of a man and you compete against those with the DNA of a woman in a woman's sport, odds are you're going to win. Because the composition of male and female bodies and the, the muscle distribution and, and so on is completely different in men and women. You're like, no, it's not. I have biceps too. No, you don't, lady. <laughs> and if you do... <sighs> that's not that's not you know what I'm saying right okay cool it's just different men and women are different and that's a good thing it's not a bad thing in fact it's a great thing and it's the only way that we have that we have any sort of of continuation of our species it's the foundation of the biblical family like you have to have men and women in order to have uh, biblical marriage in order to have biblical families in order to uh, have a have a functioning successful society I mean you can look at societies all throughout history that have done away with traditional roles uh, for men and women I'm not saying in the kitchen with 12 children barefoot that's not what I'm saying as far as traditional roles. I'm saying recognizing <laughs> simply that men and women are different and that men and women, uh, as being different, were intended to marry and have family together. But now this poor tennis person, whose name I can't pronounce, who has literally spent most of her life championing uh, LGBT causes, dares to mention... That you can't just have a man say he's a woman and let him compete in women's sports or he'll win everything. Is just being... Is just being destroyed for this. <sighs> in the London Times, she reaffirmed her position, quote, that the rules on trans athletes reward cleats... Cheats, excuse me, reward cheats and punish... The innocent. She said, to put the argument at its most basic, a man can decide to be female, take hormones if required by whatever sporting organization is concerned, win everything in sight, and perhaps earn a small fortune, and then reverse his decision and go back to making babies if he so desires. It's insane and it's cheating. I am happy to address a transgender woman in whatever form she prefers, but I would not be happy to compete against her. It would not be fair. She further argued, simply reducing hormone levels, the prescription most sports have adopted, does not solve the problem. A man builds up muscle and bone density, as well as a greater number of oxygen-carrying red blood cells from childhood. 
The problem is uh, this is completely anti-science to begin with. So you can't... <laughs> This is what this is what many don't understand that that go down these routes. You can't completely toss science aside. You can't reject science completely. And then once it reaches a point where you no longer like it, be like, "Wait, but science." If you if you just decide that men can be women and women can be men and that there's no difference, then there's no reasoning behind why a man could compete compete in women's sports. Now, I, I agree with her on this issue wholeheartedly. I don't think that a guy should ever complete in women, compete in women's sports. And quite frankly, I think the opposite is also true. You know, for all the push to get women in the NFL, I'm like, why? I get that we don't have a, a women's NFL league, and um, but why? Just don't do it. Just don't do it. But you can't just say... That men and women aren't different, or that men can be whatever they want, or that women can be whatever they want for years, and then turn around and say, oh, but wait, no. No, they can't. Because sports and science. Don't care about the rest of that science that says he's a man, always a man, will be a man, uh, and can't procreate without women. But now this part of science we want to keep. That's not how it works. And that is what this tennis legend, Martina Navratilova, whose name I probably butchered again, <laughs> is finding out, unfortunately. Uh, but on the uh, on the good news front, uh, uh, Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg has returned uh, to the court. She returned to the court for the first time in almost two months after undergoing surgery uh, for lung cancer, and uh, just this week wrote... The, uh, wrote the majority opinion in the case involving an Indiana man who had his Land Rover seized after he was arrested uh, for selling $385 worth of heroin. In her, in her uh, opinion, she wrote, Protection against excessive fines has been a constant shield throughout Anglo-American history for good reason. Such fines undermine other liberties. They can be used, e.g., to retaliate against or chill the speech of political enemies. They can also be employed not in service of penal purposes, but as a source of revenue. The ruling was unanimous, although Justice Clarence Thomas did write a separate opinion uh, outlining different reasons uh, for how he reached the same conclusion in which he said, quote, the right to be free from excessive fines is one of the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States protected by the 14th Amendment. The Supreme Court, by the way, that ruling determined uh, that the case was sent back to a lower court uh, to decide if Indian officials went too far in seizing the Land Rover. Uh, he purchased the Land Rover for $42,000. So, uh, yeah, the, the fine for selling the heroin was $10,000, and the justices determined that that may have been excessive. So now it's going back to the Indiana court. But uh, for everyone who has been speculating as to the health of the Supreme Court justice, she is back. She wrote the opinion for, uh, for this case and looks to be doing uh, very well. So we're glad to hear that she has recovered from that cancer surgery to the point where she's able to again serve on the court. Uh, Beto O'Rourke has said that he might now run for Senate again instead of joining the presidential race. Uh-huh. Interesting. I wonder if he's figured out that uh, 
the field is just too crowded or if he thinks maybe he needs to have some more uh, name recognition or if he's just waiting for AOC to run so he can run against her. I don't know. But uh, in 2018, he lost the Senate election to Senator Ted Cruz of Texas. Texas Republican Senator John Cornyn is up for re-election uh, next year in 2020. And so, or, or, yeah, Beto could choose to take a shot at that Senate seat rather than uh, going at the national level for the presidency if he uh, would like to do that. He said, quote, I'm trying to figure out how I can best serve this country where I can do the greatest good for the United States of America. So, yeah, I'm thinking through that. And it, you know, may involve running for the presidency. It may involve something else. Now, if, if I was Beto, I would forego running for president. You're, you're not going to break through in this crowded field that, that, that is building up there. I mean, it's possible, but it's, it's highly unlikely. And the general consensus pretty much on both sides of the aisle is that Cornyn is much more vulnerable uh, than Ted Cruz was. Because uh, Cruz, Cruz is just incredibly popular with the Republicans around the country, whereas Cornyn, not so much. So if Beto were to take on Cornyn, there's a good chance that he could win there, and then that would, in essence, give him a step up if he were to decide to run for president again in the future, which I'm, I'm sure he will if he's already considered it and hasn't even held a Senate or congressional seat at this point. But uh, So I would expect, or I'm sorry, he did, hold a, he did hold a Congress seat, but he hasn't held a Senate seat. Um, so my, my thought is that somewhere in the next four to six months we'll see Beto announce that he's in fact running for Senate and he will withdraw his his name from consideration for the Democratic primary in the presidential race. So that's my thought there. Um, lots more politics to talk about. Let's take a break though. We're going to take a quick break. We'll return in a few moments. We're going to talk about the wall, the big, beautiful, huge wall. When we return, this is KVXL 101.1 FM Experience Liberty Radio from Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. All right, we're back. I'm Crystal Heath. This is The Frittle Show on KVXL. And uh, for those of you who think that having a wall along our southern border is a good idea, uh, Maxine Waters says that you are unpatriotic and you do not love the country. Representative Maxine Waters, a Democrat from California, gave a speech against President Trump in L.A. and said, quote, This president is trying to keep a campaign promise to all of those people that he swore he would build a wall. And those people who want the wall are not patriots. They are not people who love this country. They are not people who stand up for what's right. And so we've got to resist this president and this so-called national emergency. Now, look, we could talk at length about the national emergency and uh, whether or not this should have been done as a national emergency. Personally, my view is that although the president does have the right to declare a national emergency and that this emergency that he has declared related to the southern border uh, does constitutionally seem to fall within uh, that scope, I believe uh, that the use of the executive order, the use of the national emergency can be and has been uh, incorrectly utilized, shall we say. And it saddens and concerns me that many Republicans who took great issue uh, with President Obama utilizing this outlet to accomplish his initiatives uh, are not expressing any sort of concern over the president utilizing this in this circumstance. Do I think there should be a wall? Most definitely. 
apparently that makes me unpatriotic and un-American. Uh, as far as utilizing a national emergency to get there, I, I that would not be the direction that I would have preferred. But honestly, uh, without national emergency, it's not going to get done in the president's first term. If he wanted that to happen, it had to happen when Republicans controlled all of Congress, which obviously it did not. So this is where uh, we are. The House Judiciary Committee has announced an investigation into the constitutionality of this national emergency. And California is leading a coalition of 15 states that have entered into a lawsuit against the administration over the order. I believe that lawsuit will fail. I believe that this uh, this will continue. Uh, but the fact that someone would say <laughs> that it is uh, you're unpatriotic and you do not love the country if you want a wall, I don't understand that at all. I understand if you want to get into the, the, the human rights aspect of it, if you want to talk about the lack of compassion, I think you can make an argument there. I think it's a it's a straw argument, but I think you can make that argument. But to say that someone is unpatriotic or doesn't love the country because they want a wall, well, this is someone who I'm sure has a wall around her home. The question is, is that because she does not love her neighbors? Or is that because she loves the people that live and reside within those walls and that they are her primary responsibility? rather than her neighbors. And look, I've said this time and time again, I don't think in Las Vegas that we need an explanation of why a wall is a good idea, because if you have any kind of a yard, uh, if you live in a home where you have any sort of yard, or any sort of home even, even if you just have like a, a walkway as a quote yard, <laughs> I've seen those, I'm sorry, um, you have a wall surrounding it. It, it, I, I, it boggles my mind that we could think that we need a wall around our own home uh, not because again we hate our neighbors my neighbors are pretty great in fact I love my neighbors my neighbor my neighbor takes out my trash for me every single Thursday night he pulls down my trash cans and uh, and leaves them out there you know he's invited us over for Christmas for Thanksgiving he always wants to play with the dogs like they're, they're just they have a great great family and always looking out for us I love my neighbors but I'm not going to tear down the wall between our houses because I, I, I think they're fantastic people. Because it just wouldn't be smart. You just, you don't want, in the world that we live in, and in the city that we live in, it would be foolish to not have a wall around your yard. Right? All you have to do is transfer that logic over to our country. It's not about not loving our neighbors. It's about loving and wanting to protect those that are inside which seems to me extremely patriotic and loving of our country, which would be exactly opposite of what Ms. Waters would have us think. So I, I don't get that. I don't get that argument at all. I understand if you want to try and go with the lack of compassion, but as far as it being unpatriotic, the exact opposite is so much more easily argued. But uh, the wall has begun. Well, the wall has actually been in progress. There was a, a portion uh, of the wall. The president tweeted a, a sped up. A video of some of the wall that had already been completed in January and uh, there is now work begun to replace a steel mesh layer of border wall is happening now in San Diego there are 14 miles of border boundaries in San Diego uh, steel barricades are now replacing the steel mesh that people have cut through using battery operated uh, saws this is the fifth border wall project of the president's presidency that's an interesting uh, yeah. Um, 
but uh, this uh, this wall will be roughly one hundred million dollars to to construct, and uh, um, fourteen miles long, made of steel, thirty feet high. Uh, let's see. If there's anything else we need to know here. No, that's about it. Uh, it's we're gonna see roughly one billion dollars in contracts to cover ninety-seven miles of wall. The vast majority of it is replacing existing barriers like this one in San Diego, which is no longer effective. Um, the first extension of the wall is scheduled to begin in Texas's Rio Grande Valley later this month. So, in San Diego, wall improvements already beginning, despite uh, what's what Representative Waters or anyone else may say. And the president wants uh, California to give back $2.5 billion in federal grants uh, after they decided to join the lawsuit to challenge uh, the wall. Uh, the, the president on Wednesday threatened to revoke a more than $2.5 billion grant for California's high-speed rail project over the state's opposition uh, to the president's wall project. The president tweeted, quote, California now wants to scale back their already failed fast train project by substantially shortening the distance so that it no longer goes from L.A. to San Francisco. A different deal and record cost overruns, said the federal government back the billions of dollars wasted. Mm-hmm. He... He also tweeted that the fast train project in California, where the cost overruns are becoming world record setting, is hundreds of times more expensive than the desperately needed wall. <sighs> the governor of California, Governor Newsom, said he considers Trump's tweets no more than a threat. He said, quote, It's no coincidence that the administration's threat comes 24 hours after California led 16 states in challenging the president's farcical national emergency. This is a clear political retribution by President Trump, and we won't sit idly by. This is California's money, and we are going to fight for it. It's not California's money. It's a $2.5 billion federal grant. That's, the, that's America's money. Like, I, I get that, they was, that it was awarded to them, but don't be like, this is our money. It's not your money. It's we the people's money. And we the people, via our government, decided that we would give it to you so that you could build a high-speed rail from L.A. Uh, to, uh, to San Francisco, which, by the way, would be really cool. And you are failing. So... You know, I, I get, I agree though that the timing would suggest, and I think you can pretty much guarantee uh, that the president is making this declaration based on California's fuss about the the wall. The governor of California also pulled out the California National Guard troops that were assisting other National Guard troops in guarding the California border. So there's there's some tension there that I think is leading to this. But don't be like it's our money. It's not your money. You no, stop it. If it was California's money, you wouldn't have had to get a grant from the feds, okay? Okay, good. Just so long as we're clear on that. Possible peace declaration could be coming as the president and Kim Jong-un of North Korea prepare uh, for their summit. Speculation is that President Trump may try to persuade Kim Jong-un to commit to denuclearization by giving him something he wants more than anything else. An announcement of peace and an end to the Korean War. Hmm. Seems like 
common sense since the fighting has been over for six decades, but... And you're like, wait, I thought we ended it... Well, we were... We did, but... You know. I guess it's not officially, officially official yet. A peace treaty uh, for the North Koreans would give them international recognition and should lead to easing of some trade sanctions and probably a reduction in the number of U.S. troops south of the demilitarized zone. So if it's done right, this gives Kim Jong-un a huge boost uh, both at home and abroad. Uh, and really, the Korean people in North Korea need desperately for the Korean focus to shift from the military to modernizing uh, its infrastructure, its standard of living, they need to work on their economy. Um, there's so much that Korea could do with the resources that are currently just being drained uh, from the, the military use that, that North Korea has. But we will see if that will happen. The summit will take place at the end next week, the beginning of next week, the 26th or I'm sorry, the 27th and 28th, so middle of next week, uh, the president will meet there. So we'll see. Will the Korean War officially come to an end? Maybe. Maybe not. <laughs> Stay with us. We're going to take another break. We'll return in just a few moments. You're listening to KVXL 101.1 FM, Experience Liberty Radio from Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. All right, we are back and we are winding down for this Thursday's edition of The Friddle Show. But not before I tell you that your phone and your TV are tracking you and political campaigns are using that to listen in. In case you hadn't figured that out yet. In case you hadn't figured that out yet. So... Technology is being utilized by campaigns now in a loosely regulated world in which simply downloading a weather app or a game and then connecting to Wi-Fi at your local public library or powering up a home router can now allow a data broker to monitor what you're doing and then create data based on who you are and what you do and what you like, what you don't like, and then sell that data to a political candidate who can use that data to surround you with the messaging that he or she would have you uh, believe or be indoctrinated with. You've seen this. I'm sure you've seen this, okay? You, you are looking at something online or wherever, and then you go to Facebook, maybe even on a different device, and all of a sudden there are ads for something that you were just thinking about or looking at or talking about, and you're like, how in the world do they know that? Well, you're, you're being tracked. Every electronic device you have, uh, basically, is tracking everything you do. Now, not only are your, your laptops and your phones tracking your stuff, so are your security cameras and your televisions. Your televisions are, are letting uh, companies know what uh, what shows you like, what times you have the TV on, uh, if you change channels at certain times, are you watching ads, what ads you like or don't like based on when you change the channel. Uh, just a myriad number of, of data points that are able to be collected based on what you do and how you interact with essentially now any kind of device. It's incredible. And not necessarily in a good way if you like privacy. 
But speaking of phones and incredible devices, the Galaxy team have created <laughs> what they're calling the Galaxy Fold. Now, it is kind of cool, but at the same time, I'm looking at this thing going, okay, you made a flip phone. You made a glorified flip phone. Ah, and you're going to sell it for $1,980. Oof. It's dubbed as Samsung's first truly flexible device, and it converts from a smartphone to a small tablet, which I actually think that's kind of cool. I really do. I just don't, uh, like, I, I, like, this makes so much sense to me, because you have, before you had to have a tablet and you had to have a phone, but, like, if you were going to go on a plane and you wanted to watch a movie, you don't watch a movie on your phone because your phone's a tiny screen, but then you have to take your tablet, and what if you're also bringing your laptop, and then you don't want to have your tablet and your laptop unless you have an... Uh, you know, like a Mac or something that has like the forever battery, then you're going to need both and it's just so confusing. <sighs> Galaxy Fold aims to solve all your problems, folks. It literally folds in half. And then when you open it up, it's a tablet. It has huge screens, four cameras. It will be available the end of April. It comes with 12 gigabytes of RAM. It has batteries on each side of the phone so it can last longer. It has six cameras, three on the back, one on the front, and two inside. The phone comes in two versions. Uh, the cameras are wide-angle, uh, uh, telephoto, ultra-wide, selfie, and a depth camera. I d wow. It doesn't have a micro SD slot, but it does come with 512 gigabytes of memory. Do you remember when, like, computers, if they had 564 megabytes, you were like, wow, this is awesome! No, now you, now you can get 512 gigabytes of memory in a phone. I don't even know if my hard drive on my laptop is this big. This is unreal. So anyway, Galaxy believes they have found a way to get you to buy a new phone because studies show that people are buying new phones less and less since the latest upgrades don't seem to offer a whole lot of changes. So Galaxy's saying, hey, look, we've done something entirely new. We have a compact smartphone when it's closed and we have a tablet when it's open. And the apps seamlessly transition between the display sizes so you can be doing something on your tablet, if you will, fold it in half, and it will continue on your smartphone. Survey. Would you buy one of these things? Remember, it is $1,980 for the privilege of having a folding smartphone. Is it worth it to you? Would you buy one? Let me know. Facebook and Twitter at The Frittle. Okay, last but not least today, finishing with one of my favorite people, uh, Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow has a new movie coming out. Uh, very soon, I think. It's called Run the Race. It's an inspirational uh, new film produced by he and his brother. Uh, but Tebow is at Mets Spring Training and was asked earlier uh, this week, actually I think it was this weekend, he was asked about uh, his critics and, uh, and... Well, I'll just tell you what he said. He said this. It's really about keeping perspective and not letting other people define you because they sure want to. I try to encourage young people all the time to not let the world or outside sources define you because you are always going to have critics and naysayers and people that are going to tell you that you won't, that you can't, that you shouldn't. But most of those people are the people that didn't, that wouldn't, and that couldn't. 
He said, I think the reason people don't go after things is because of how much you'll be criticized. But he said, I don't want to have to live with fear or doubt every day regardless of what everybody here says about me. That doesn't define me. I'm so grateful that doesn't define me. There is one thing uh, that defines me, and that's what God says about me. Uh, the video of his response to that question at spring training has gone viral uh, with over 5 million views. See, it's not all bad out there. People still want to hear about the good stuff. People still want to be encouraged. People still want to be told to go after their dreams and to and to be the ones that that will, that can, and that should instead of being the people that won't and couldn't and didn't. But regardless of how that dream may or may not play out or how that dream may or may not be criticized, the reason that what Tebow uh, says is not simply because it's it's inspirational, but it's because he brings it back to the source. He talks about what's really truly important. That is, he says, you know, it doesn't define me. What anybody else says about me or thinks about me doesn't define me. There's one thing that defines me, and that is what God says about me. Same is true of you. Same is true of me. Doesn't matter what anyone says about you. All that matters is what God says about you. That is what defines you. And God says. That he made you, he made you on purpose, with a purpose, that he loves you, that he sent his son to die for you, and that you can have a personal relationship with him through his son, Jesus Christ. And that is the greatest news in the entire world. I hope you'll join us on Sunday as we celebrate that best news in the entire world together here at Liberty Baptist Church. If you're in Las Vegas, our address is 6501 West Lake Mead Boulevard. If you're not in Las Vegas or you can't make it out to church for some reason, you can always stream our service online by visiting our website at experienceliberty.com. And for radio, be sure to go like us on Facebook. You can look for us by typing in KVXL. You can type in 101.1 FM. You can type in Experience Liberty Radio. All of these things on Facebook will take you to our Facebook radio page. And of course, as always, you can stream the uh, broadcast of our station 24 hours a day, seven days a week by visiting our radio website at kvxl101.com. Thanks so much for being with us. Hope you all have a fantastic rest of your day. And we'll see you back here tomorrow, same time, same place on the radio. Later, folks.